Okay, so welcome everybody. It's episode 12.1. We're doing a quick recap uh, tonight and tomorrow of the Democratic debates. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, EJ, and with me as always... It's Steve here. I'm live at Gideon Wells in uh, Lincoln Square, that it won't be that live by the time you hear this. Uh, but yeah, I came here to watch uh, the debates with Drinking Liberally and Indivisible, and uh, lots of interesting stuff to talk about, uh, though we'll have to do it in 30-second increments to keep to the format. Yeah, exactly. And I wish I were with you tonight. Uh, unfortunately, I'm on the West Coast today, but it did mean that the debate started earlier for me, so the 6 to 8 running time was a little little friendlier than maybe the the later times for everybody else. Yeah, you know, drink, drinking a few beers on a weeknight uh, during the debates, not exactly optimal unless you got a couple extra hours. Uh, so lucky you, but uh, yeah, hopefully we'll catch it uh, the next time the debates roll around. Not tomorrow night, it sounds like, but that's okay. Yeah, right on. So, uh, you know, I know we want to try to be pretty quick here today, just kind of go through our takes, uh, what we heard, you know, some of the things that really jumped out at us. Um, I will say, you know, we've talked a lot uh, on earlier weeks about how the debates are formatted and, you know, sort of separating out over two nights and who goes into what night. I thought the funniest thing near the beginning of the debate, actually, at the first break, the NBC lead said, and join us for the beginning of the presidential campaigns tomorrow for the debate. Like, you're already in the middle of a debate and you're telling telling us that the real race starts tomorrow. Shots fired, NBC. Right. Shots fired. Yeah, and, and I completely missed that part because here uh, a rainstorm started passing through. And so the satellite reception died out right as all of that was going on. Uh, fortunately, it didn't seem like I missed too much, no. and uh, there was plenty of other stuff going on. So, so I, I, I guess yeah. my question for you, Steve, is who do you thought had the first you know, or best first impression? You know, just kind of going through those opening statements. You know, who came across to you as the most credible, as the most impactful? Maybe give me top two because I think I, I I can probably guess one. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because yes, you you can guess one. It's interesting because. Um, I came in, I'm, I'm a big Warren fan. I feel like she came out of the gate really strong. Um, but, you know, as the debate went on, it seemed like she got drowned out. Um, you know, she didn't really get as much chance to say anything. Um, her answer on on guns was pretty weak, and she had an extra, like, five minutes to prepare an answer. So, you know, she started off strong. I think the format doesn't work very well for her because, you know, she's – she, I think, honestly, a lot of it, her stature, she looks smaller in this large crowd of people. You know, I don't think it worked for her as the debate went on, but she started off strong. Right, yeah. I, I thought she did as well. Um, I also thought uh, Castro started off strong and, and was good throughout the debate. Uh, I was pretty impressed with him. Um, I, I didn't really get strong feelings from the other candidates right right at the beginning of the, the debate. And I was trying to kind of come in with an open mind. You know, I haven't spent a lot of time listening to, say, Tim Ryan. Uh, and after the debate, I probably won't uh, go out of my way to listen to him yeah, more. Yeah, Inslee, Inslee had a couple good moments at yeah. the very beginning. I think he did some good stuff about tying, you know, his climate change sort of core philosophy into the rest of what he was saying. Um, but, yeah, no, I didn't really feel like anybody really stood out much beyond that. Um Beto, I felt like stood out in a negative way. <laughs> um, you know, it just felt like he was 
something about and honestly i mean maybe it's a preference i have but the way that he just talks and his head bobbing and just like some of just how he speaks to things comes off a little Mm -hmm. off to me but then it felt a little pandering when he switched to spanish um you know and i don't know i mean i obviously it's not necessarily the best perspective to judge what is pandering what isn't from that but it it felt a little off key to me and i don't like to correct you but he actually started his answer in spanish he didn't switch to spanish so they asked that question of him uh, about tax uh, about taxation of you know wealth above a certain level and he dodged that question completely but he started in spanish which i thought was both interesting and uh I don't want to say strange, but a little surprising. Um, and I know uh, I was yeah. expecting him to really play up his, you know, connection to the Hispanic community in Texas and whatnot. Uh, and and he he went for it right away. So uh, I thought that that was, you know, I think on brand, right? Everybody there has got to make a statement one way or another, um, a metaphorical statement. And I think that was for sure. that was his. Uh, Booker got in some Spanish later on. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yes, he did. Uh, you know, yeah, him and then Castro, of course, got some in there, too. But, I mean, his felt a little more authentic, just the way it flowed out. But, um, you know, I think, honestly, like, Castro seemed like, overall, in the debate, the one who kind of stood out at me as somebody who really yeah, stood above the crowd a little bit. Um, he, particularly when we were talking about immigration, he really like made a point of acting a leader, calling out to other people to follow him. I think it really worked well for him. And I didn't see that from many other candidates. I felt like a lot of the other ones just got sort of drowned out. They had their own little shtick, but none of them really kind of stood above the crowd. Yeah. And I mean, it was clear throughout the debate that so many of their beliefs are going to be kind of the same. Right. And so I, I do think that, you know, one big divide was, you know, should say on healthcare, should we have private insurance companies or not? Right. That was a big kind of back and forth uh, between people. No, we shouldn't. Oh, other countries have it. So it's okay. We should have the best ideas. Don't change things. And I think, I think that was a moment uh, where uh, Delaney said, we should be the party that keeps the things that work and fixes what's broken. Um, specifically re- referring to you know private insurance working for some people and not for others. Yeah. Um, which 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 sounds to my mind like just Medicare for all. Cool. We fix we take the thing that works and get rid of things that are broken. <laughs> that's that's one way to look at it. But I think you know again it was you know them trying to separate themselves um, where issues were probably pretty closely aligned. And you're for right, sure. Castro did a good job. I think. Feeling more, and I hate to use this word, authentic on some things. So, you know, calling out uh, uh, trans populations, right? When nobody else did, where everybody was kind of saying the same kind of, yep. you know, canned lines around things. I think Castro stepped outside of those um, to a place where it felt like, you know, he believed them a little more or had believed them before somebody said, hey, make sure you, you know, kind of tick these boxes, if you will. Um, I really thought he, uh, of all of the candidates, um, I thought he had the best, the best performance relative to expectations. Um, yeah, I think it's like, if you look at the overall crowd, I feel like Warren came in with a clear lead and kind of treaded water. I don't think she did anything to hurt herself. I don't think she gained anything. 
Um, if you look at all the rest of the candidates who are all trying to catch up in some fashion, I think Castro is yeah. the only one who really did that. Um, you know, I mean, I, and I found several of the candidates did the what I call doing a Palin, which is the whole, hey, you've asked me a question that I don't feel like answering. I'm going to answer the question that I would have asked myself. Um, Gabbard. Gabbard did that a lot. <laughs> de Blasio did that. Um, kind of a twist on it was uh, when you had, um, oh, shoot, when they did the hand raising. So they all raised their hands to say whether they would sign on to Iran or not, you know, to the old Iran deal that we had. And everybody raised their hands except for Booker. And Booker is like, well, let me explain. And then he gave an answer, which basically said, I, I would have signed I, I, that on to was the really Ron deal. Yeah, but maybe done better. Perplexing, especially. Yeah. So it was like. Yeah. I mean, listening to them. Yeah, it was like he was trying to just find like another two minutes to talk. Well, maybe and that was maybe that. well played by him. Uh, although I will say that that whole section felt right? very strange to me because they all kind of sounded like Donald Trump. Well, I, maybe that deal was, but I would get a better deal. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, read my book, The Art of the Deal. Oh, oh shit. What would I do now? Oh, no. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like, yeah, Delaney was barely worth the time he spent on stage. Ryan kind of has the angry white man thing going. Um, his answer on Afghanistan pretty well sucked. <laughs> oh, um, I mean, but I would pay. I would pay to have a Gabbard Delaney or Gabbard Ryan debate, right? To oh, hear yeah. those two, just I, I'm not going to vote for either one of them. Uh, I wouldn't pay you, a lot. No, no, a little. I mean, bit, you know, bit. I'd pay a little. Yeah. Bit. <laughs> you did a little. If you did a little GoFundMe, I'd sign up at like whatever that minimum tier is that gets me the rewards. Right. Um, I, there are no rewards. Yeah. It's just the joy of watching them argue about that it was she was right to call him out he was clearly yeah. not talking about the right thing but still yeah, it was it was fun to watch um i i really left that debate thinking okay well we have hopefully peeled away a few of these candidates um you know tim ryan and delaney especially you know, I thought, as you said, Inslee had came in with one one issue, and I thought he did a good job tying things back to it. Probably kept going. De Blasio was expectedly meh. Um, I still don't think he knows what he's doing. Yeah, I I, I felt like asking my New York friends. Uh, so, how well did he do in terms of uh, fixing wealth inequality in New York? Yeah, because he made that point early, like, oh yeah, no, I fixed that. Like, really? No. Because that's not what I recall hearing from my friends there. Yeah, so clearly not. Uh, yeah. Although some of the hit, you know, I think this is going to be. No, I was going to say some of his messages, I thought were okay around that saying, you know, there's plenty of money out there. It's just in the wrong hands. But I think he hasn't done anything yeah. to move it from the wrong hands to the right ones. Oh yeah, yeah, and every every impression I've gotten is he's kind of taking the. Uh, Rahm Emanuel school of, of politics, lots of, lots of friendliness with the real estate developers. So yeah. And that's our, that's our Chicago shout out for the, uh, the podcast this week as we're, we're only going to be talking about the nation with the, the debates going on. So. Right. So, I mean, all in all, you know, I think I didn't have a, a whole 
lot of expectations coming in because of the number of candidates and the amount of time that they had. Um, we had the funny naked gun moment where the first hour uh, moderators still had their mics on. I'm glad nobody decided to uh, head into the restroom there. That little yes, little I'm, I'm I'm particularly proud that I think our 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 podcast overall has had better audio quality than that whole operation. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, come on, guys, it's like, you know, you you're you're one of three cable news networks. You think you could get it right? Alas, not so much. <laughs> that I'm just glad they didn't catch somebody going to the bathroom on audio. Right. That exactly. would have been exactly true. Yeah. True naked gun form there. Uh, right, right, and, right, and I'll right. tell you the scariest part of that whole thing for me was when during one of the breaks, uh, I forget uh, his name was up there with the big TV that you can touch and the rolled up sleeves, and he was reminding us that the first the Iowa caucuses are in February. Yep. So we've got some more of this coming up, I guess. I was like, all right, well we're really getting started now. We've got months and months and months of these kinds of things. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, so we've got another set of debates in July that all of these people are going to be in. Then after that, we start calling it down to people who only got 130,000 donors, which means we'll probably only drop a, a handful of these candidates. It's going to be it's going to be a long slog before we finally get to a debate stage yeah. with a reasonable number yeah, of people sure. on it. Well, I am really looking forward to tomorrow. And I, I don't know about you. I I now, having seen this one, I feel like I need to reset my expectations for tomorrow. Yes. And I'm going to be looking for different things, right? Yeah, I've got... I'm, I'm preparing to be a little more disappointed. <laughs> it's just too damn many people on stage to have a real conversation. And so it's a little frustrating. But, you know, I, I look at it this way. It's like we're one step closer today to getting rid of Donald Trump. And so it's all good. I will take that. So I don't know. I think that's a good wrap up uh, for today. Um, hey, hey, we're missing a piece here, though, sir. What beer are you drinking? Uh, well, actually, so it's a funny thing. Uh, I'm in California. I've got a Lagunitas IPA. Uh, it's kind of standard for me right now. Uh, I'm not actually in a great place with bars, so uh, I, I had to bring this one in myself. Uh, that's Okay. But it's quite tasty. What have you got there at Gideon Wells? I've got the off-color spots. It's a Berliner Weiss. Uh, it's a little lighter. I decided after my first couple stronger beers, I need to back down a little bit, pace myself through debate. Uh, but it is quite delicious. That is good. And off-color is one of the tap rooms that's open on our normal podcasting night. So they're, yeah, they're going to be hit. We do need to get yeah. over there. I. I love their beer, so I think we definitely need to check that out in a future uh, future cast. So, all right, all right, I think we're good. Thanks everybody for listening. Check in tomorrow. Yeah, tune in tomorrow, and uh, we'll give you another quick update after that. And that'll take care of it for this week, and we'll uh, return our normal programming programming next week. Take care, everybody. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>